Right after reciting the Megillah, we say the famous song of Shoshanas Yaakov. And we say over that amazing, powerful stanza. Their salvation of the Purim story was forever. The sikvasam and the hope that comes out of that is behold over there is for every generation. Lahodia, and this is to teach us. All those that hope in you, Hashem, will never be embarrassed. For eternity, they won't be humiliated. All those who hope in you. Says the Svasamis. The Jewish people at that point were at such a low point. How did they get out of it? How did they merit a miracle? Because they had a Muna. Because they were chosen by Kaddish Baruch Hu. They had faith in God that He would take them out of it. And they got out of it in the merit of their Amunah. And this teaches us that there will never be a generation that won't be able to get out. Whatever state we're in, however low we are, if we have faith, if we daven, if we believe in God, He'll take us out. And that's why we say with eternity, That salvation was forever. We could always connect to Amunah and come out of this Golis. The Svasamas poses a fascinating question. We celebrate Purim on the 14th of Adar. Now the 14th of Adar was not the day that they won the war. That took place on the 13th. So why do we celebrate it on the 14th? So if you look in the Pasuk, the verse writes, it was Bayam HaMashanachu. The 14th was the first day that they rested. But would we celebrate Purim if it was up to us on the day that we won? Or on the day that we rested after winning the war? We would have said, make on the 13th, the day that we won the war. Says this Fasamas that this is a fundamental. We're not here to win battles. We're not here to win wars. We want to live in peace and be able to serve Hashem in peace. When there's a Malik around, when there's enemies around who aren't letting us serve Him, that's a problem. And we have to win a war. We have to fight them. But the purpose isn't winning the war. And that's why we don't celebrate the 13th. The purpose is that after we've won the war, now we can get back to what we really want to do, serve Hashem without anyone stopping us. And that for the 14th, the day that we rested, that's the real day that we're going to celebrate Purim. Haman is describing the Jewish people, Dachashverosh. And he tells them, Yeshna Amechel, there's a nation out there, Mefuzah, which are scattered, forward, and they are separate, Beina Amim, amongst the nations. Says this Vasamis, the fact that we're Mufuzar alone is okay. The fact that we're scattered around the world has a silver lining. Because now we could bring Hashem's light to every corner of the world. The fact that there are Jews everywhere has a good side to it. The problem is that besides for us being Mufuzar, we're also Mufuzar. In the places that we're scattered, we're also not unified and we're not together. And that's the real problem. And that's why they instituted that the day of Purim is all about love. It's all about unity. It's all about us coming together wherever we are around the world. Mishloch manas, matanas le'avyonim, gifts to the poor, inviting people for the Suda. Because we have to realize that if we're just scattered, we could do good things with that. So long as we're not mafurad or so. If we're united in the places where we are scattered, we could bring Hashem's light to every corner of the world. The Vilna Gaon reveals that one of the ways Hashem runs the world is when he wants to bring about a downfall to a wicked person. He first lifts the person up and allows the person to look as if he's being incredibly successful and great and powerful in order that when he falls, it's the biggest fall ever. And he says you see this from the way Hashem dealt with Haman. Haman became bigger and powerful and the entire country was bearing down to him. And Hashem especially enabled this in order that he could do the biggest v'nahafachu ever. He could flip the tables and that person is going to be the one that will be hung from the tree that was supposed to be for Mordechai. And when we see forces of evil in the world going the wrong way and becoming more powerful, 
we have to realize that this means that one day they're going to come down with a bang. And Hashem is allowing them to become bigger and stronger just so that one day their fall is going to be the biggest fall ever. The Jewish people have many names. One of the names that's prevalent in the Megillah all the way through is the name Yehudi. What is the name Yehudi all about? And why is it in the Megillah? Says this Vasemis, Yehudi refers to the Jew at his lowest level. He's not holding in a very high place, but he's a Yehudi, which means that he admits, Hoda'ah, he admits to God, he doesn't believe that there are other forces running the world, and he admits that Hashem is the one who's in control. And he says that whatever a Jew is, whatever level we are, if we simply admit and submit to God, to Hashem, Hashem will take us out of whatever troubles we're in. And he says that's why in the Megillah it says the name Yehudi again because the people at the time weren't holding at a great place. They weren't at a very high spiritual level but they stayed Yehudim. They agreed and admitted and submitted to Hashem. And we could do this in every generation. We may not be a Yisrael, we may not be a Yaakov but we could always be a Yehudi. Simply submit that Hashem is running the world. When he sees that, he'll take us out of exile and whatever other tsara that we find ourselves in. In the Purim story, Esther is taken to the palace of Ahasuerus as his wife. And Mordechai, the Pasuk writes, Every single day, He went every single day to the palace to check up how Esther was doing. The Sfasamas writes that this took place over 45 years. For 45 years, Mordechai went every single day to the palace to check on her. And he says that this is not a random fact that we're being told, but this is how they merited the Ness of Purim. Because Mordechai went every single day. He didn't give up. He didn't know what he could do to help. He didn't know how to get Esther out of there. He didn't necessarily know how the Jewish people would be saved. But he knew one thing, that he's not going to give up. Every single day he went to check up on her. And we can do the same thing today. We don't know how we're going to bring Mashiach. We don't know how we're going to get out of exile. But every single day we're not going to give up. We're going to ask Hashem, we want to come out. We want Mashiach. We want miracles. And if we do it every single day, Hashem will see that. And He will take us out of that, just like He took the Jewish people out of the clutches of Haman and Achashverosh. The Gemara writes a fascinating thing. Rabbi, on the day of Purim, he used to plant a tree. And the Gemara comes out that the tree he planted was for the purpose of an upcoming Simcha. Says the Svasamis in the name of his grandfather, the Chedush Arim. What the Gemara is alluding to over here, what Rabbi is teaching us, is that we could take the joy of Purim and we could plant it in ourselves that it's going to grow into a tree of Simcha the rest of the year. We have to take the joy of this day and make it not just a one-time thing that today we're happy, but plant it deep in our psyche that we become happy people. That the rest of the year a tree is going to grow out of this Simcha that we experience on this day of Purim. We could plant it in ourselves. Purim has got to be a day that gets baked into who we are. And the rest of the year it's going to grow and blossom that we are happy people. We're so joyful that we merit to be Jewish. That we merit to have a connection with Hashem. That we're able to learn His Torah and keep His mitzvahs. And the Simcha has got to intensify during the year. Because we planted it on Purim and it's going to grow during the rest of the year. One of the most famous verses of the Megillah is that the Jews had light, the Simcha and joy, the Sassin. Another form of joy be car and splendor. Our sages teach us that Ora, light, is referring to Torah. Simcha is referring to Yom Tev festivals. Sassin is referring to Bris Milah. And Yakar's splendor is referring to Tefillin. So the question is, if that's what it's referring to, why didn't the Pasuk just say so? That the Jews had Torah, 
that they had Yom Tov, that they had Bris Milan, they had to fill it. Says this Fasamis. What the Pasuk is teaching us over here is that on this day of Purim, the Jewish people realize what is true Aura. What is true light? True light is Torah. What is true happiness? When we merit to spend the Yom Tif together, a festival. What is true splendor when we put on tefillin? They realized on this day what Aura really is, what Simcha really is. They realized that keeping mitzvahs, connection to Hashem, that's true light. And that is the true happiness and splendor that we have in our lives. In the Purim story when it's describing how Mordechai was the only Jew who wouldn't bow down to Haman. And this enraged Haman to no end. The wording it uses is, Mordechai wouldn't bow down. But if you take a deeper look at the meaning, it says Yichra in the future tense. in the future tense. Which means that Mordechai did not bow down in the future. What does this mean? It says this Vasemes. What it's alluding to over here is that in every single generation there's going to be a Mordechai that won't bow down to the culture that they live in at that point. Just like Mordechai then didn't fall for Haman. In every generation there's going to be an ability for a Jew to say that I'm going to be the Mordechai that won't cave in to the culture of today. I'm going to stay strong to my ideals and my morals. Lo lo It's a promise. There will always be an ability for a Jew to say that I'm staying a Yehudi. I'm a Jew and I stick to who I am and I'm not going to bow down to whatever's going on around me if I don't think it's the right thing to do. One of the seemingly strange commandments of Purim is the obligation to consume alcohol, wine specifically, until one reaches the level of Ad the Loyada. One doesn't know anymore the difference between Baruch Mordechai blessed his Mordechai and Araham and cursed his Haman. And the question is like this, why do we want to lose our intellect? Our Das, our knowledge, our Seichel is the most precious thing that we have. Why do our sages telling us on the day of Purim, give it up, lose our intellect? So our sages explain like this. Knowledge is amazing. Intellect is lofty. But there's something deeper and loftier than intellect and knowledge. And that is when we don't even need to think about it. When it's in our bones, we feel it so innately that we don't even need intellect to know this fact. The day of Purim is a day that we want to reach a place where we don't need our knowledge to tell us what's right and wrong. It's in the bones of a Jew that Hashem Echad, that God is one and we're here to follow Him and His Torah and become close to Him. We don't need our intellect today. We could throw it away. And the Jew himself, the bones of the Jew, are going to scream out everything that we knew the rest of the year with our intellect. Thank you for joining me on this journey. 10 day lead up to Purim. May we all merit to reach all the levels that we've spoken about and have a beautiful Purim, a Purim Sambayach, and plant in ourselves Simcha joy in our Yiddishkeit, in our connection with Hashem, and we should take this with us the entire year. Purim Sambayach to everybody.